Well, we mamas pour our hearts and souls into our children for about 20 plus years, right? Well, then all of a sudden they decide to leave the nest and it can feel like we've been fired from the most important job we've ever had. If you're looking at your empty nest with some sadness or you're anticipating an empty nest in the near future, well, today's program is just for you. Author Jim Burns joins us today to talk about finding joy in the empty nest. Stay with us. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family, and freedom in their homes and country. Alrighty, hi moms. I'm Debbie Carolitis, your host. Welcome once again. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We love you, mamas. Uh, right here at the top of the show, we do want to ask you to like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Uh, tell your mama friends about this. This is going to be another great podcast here on a topic that's close to all of our hearts. Uh, also here at the top of the show, I want to invite all of our moms that are listening to go ahead and join the movement here at Moms for America. If you haven't already, please stop by our website at momsforamerica.us. You can check out our mission. We are moms uniting all across the country to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. So please check us out and join our tribe at Moms for America. We love you guys. All right, on to today's program. Well, for some, the empty nests can feel like freedom, freedom from the responsibilities that come from meeting the daily needs of children. But for others, like myself, it's been a little rough. The empty nest is more about loss and a heavy heart for a mama. As American humorist Irma Bombeck put it, you've gone from being the supervisor of a child's life to being a spectator. It's kind of like being vice president of the United States. Well, today, author Jim Burns is going to help us navigate through the emptiness syndrome. Jim speaks to thousands each year on marriage and parenting, and he has written an amazing book that we're gonna be talking about today, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest. Well, welcome, Jim, to the Moms for America podcast. I'm thrilled to have you because this is one. This is a topic for mamas for sure. So, thanks for joining us today. Well, it's great to be with you, Debbie. And it, it is a good. It's great for moms. It's, it was a little bit of, of us dads who had to deal with this too. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's. I'm going to call this a, a quick therapy session today. But besides <laughs> that, real quick, can you let us know a little bit about your tribe, your family? I understand you have children. Yes. You're a grandpa. Yep. So I've got three daughters, so we've had no hormones or drama in our life. They're in their 30s now, <laughs> but we have three ki grandkids. Two of them live right by us, and that's been awesome. In fact, I took James to school today with kind of an emergency. Early in the morning, we get a call and saying, can you do this? And I did. It was great. Uh, and uh, so we have James Charlotte, and then we have Huxley, who's two, and he lives in Los Angeles. I live in Orange County, so it's not too far away. So I'm kind of fortunate to have the grandkids sort of all around. And uh, and being with the family is, you know, it's, it's been great, but we had to adjust and kind of relearn how do you do parenting these adult children because they were saying they were adults and we're saying, but you're not acting like adults when they were, you know, were first going away to college. So we had to relearn. <laughs> Kathy and I kind of said, wow, this transition is not easy. No, it's not. Um, and I, it, just a little bit of backstory on this. So my girlfriend and I, we have children that are in their 20s. Well, my youngest is 18, 23, 25. My girlfriend's ages are, are similar. And she was the first to let all three of hers go. 
I had my first one get married. My second one now is out living on her own. So I've got the the one high schooler left, but it is, it is a transition. And I mean, I cried when they went away to college. I cried when they got married and, you know, my husband's like, it's okay. But I'm like, you know, I mean, he feels it too, but the moms just feel it differently. I think that's how God intended us to be. We're, we're so connected with our children uh, in a special way. So this is um, recommended from a friend. And then I heard you on the radio and I said to Pam, this is going to be perfect for our moms because letting go of adult children, letting go of our kids is the way it's supposed to be, but it's not easy having an empty nest, is it? No, no, so right. I mean, how I described it was my wife, Kathy, we've been married 48 years. Um, she was kind of the sun and we had three planets kind of right, you know, going around her. And I think I was a planet too, at least at home, kind of running around. And all of a sudden her planets were gone and she had to kind of reinvent herself and say, what, what do I do now? Um, her empty nest syndrome, which is not a psychological syndrome, but a, definitely a syndrome, was much more tied into identity and even some depression and a sense of loss and grief. I didn't think I did it. And then all of a sudden, I look up one day and go, wait, I'm, I'm going into work an hour earlier and I'm, I'm staying later. So I dealt with it, but in a very different way than Kathy and many of her friends uh, did. And so our experience was it's not necessarily a, an easy transition. Right. And it's inevitable. And we want our kids to grow up and, you know, build their homes and, and yeah. build their families. So it's it's all good. And I know I just keep telling myself this is the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but the emptiness syndrome, is there, would you wrap that up as a, a, in a paragraph for us? Yeah. Well, um, I created something called the emptiness syndrome quiz. And so I just asked 10 questions. And some of the questions are um, to, to see if you have it and how bad you have it, if you would. All of us have it. <laughs> You know, we just all have it. But, you know, right. I think we would have flunked the emptiness syndrome even before I wrote the quiz. Uh, but, you know, questions like, you know, are do you feel a deep sense of loss? Are you having identity problems? Are you having a hard time, you know, kind of finding what do you do now with your life? Um, is there a sense of, of of worry more about your adult kids than probably they would want you to be worrying about? And, you know, the right. list kind of goes on simple little questions, but not easy. And, uh, and what we found, uh, I wrote the book in the middle of COVID. So we did Zoom calls, hundreds of people we talked to, calls and you know groups. And we found that uh, women experienced it deeper and tougher than men. That doesn't mean that some men don't, but it was the moms who were saying, well, this, my whole identity was wrapped up in my kids. Right. And now I'm, I'm in an empty nest or I'm starting to become an empty nest. A lot of the women were like you, Debbie, they still have, you know, one in the empty nest and they're actually preparing for that. Right. And they were saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and we found many of the moms had buried some of the issues with their husbands. If they were married, a lot of empty single empty nesters too. Um, but, but, you know, they buried some of the issues. So they're like going, what do we do? I mean, it was right. so quiet. They kept saying <laughs> really quiet. And I even wrote one time, I miss their mess. You know, I miss their attitudes. I miss all this. You wouldn't think you'd say that, but you really do, right? Yeah, truly. I, I was like, could you just kind of hassle me for a minute? Because, you know, uh, I, I need that. I miss it. I miss the dirty towels, things like that, yeah. which is just hilarious. Because I'd go, hey, you got dirty towels on the floor. You need to pick those things up when they were teens. Now I'm yeah. saying, come over. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll pick up your empty, your 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 towel because right. we just want to pay attention. Yeah. And, and I think it's so true what you're saying too, because um, my girlfriend, myself, it, it is quieter. You know, yeah. you're having all that traffic, all of their friends, right. all their spontaneity, yeah. all their discussion, and right. it's different. But I feel like, um, again, this is just my experience. 
my heart was different when my son left versus my daughter. And I was just curious if, if there is something different when you let your son go versus your daughter. Um, and I've kind of like, I worry about her more than I do him. Uh, his was kind of like that firstborn, your, your little boy. I don't know. It was more, it's emotional on all levels, but I I feel like we look at these different and our children are different too. So the different stages uh, that they leave and why they leave all that goes into how we feel, I guess. Right. I I think you're, I think you're so right. I, I have heard my experience. This isn't my research, but my experience, my experience says that actually uh, moms have a tougher time uh, with the when the boys leave, they're not so worried that you know that they're of all the issues that could happen, but they're they're kind of identifying moms are identifying with their daughters a lot of times with maybe what they did when they were in college or what they did you know, maybe they made some poor choices. They're going, oh, I don't want my daughter to do this. We we moms and dads, but moms to a, a greater extent are more aware that our kids might be violating our values. We mm-hmm. raised them with certain values, and now they're kind of straying or they stray from faith or whatever it might be. I think moms are more in touch with that. You know, dads, not not that we're not good at, you know, having some, you know, emotional intimacy, but moms just do it a lot better, um, frankly. Right. In, and I'm speaking in generalization, but moms do. They're, you know, when, when you talk about intimacy, intimacy means connection. And I think mm-hmm. it comes more natural for a mom to be, you know, connected to those kids. But they're going to... It's true that you know, with a different sex, a, a boy and a girl, they're gonna they're gonna identify differently. And I think it relates to you, like Debbie, you were saying. Sometimes it's the firstborn, it's the middle, whatever, or whatever the kid is going through. Right. So and like for my daughter, all our, every <laughs> all three, we have three daughters. We, I I mean, I was more, more of a crier than Kathy, honestly. Oh. When they were they were leaving, right. and I'm crying. No, and then I believe it because my husband was, you know, it affects everybody differently. Yeah. But it is hard to let your kids go, sure. and when they like when my son went off to college. Oh my gosh. You, I thought you know, this was as if he was never, guys, never going to see him again. So it was the first time he was away and then he got married and I was a mess too. And yet I loved my daughter-in-law. So I was happy. And then yeah. my daughter just kind of decided to move on her own after her education. Yeah. And then I almost felt like, well, why aren't you staying home with mom and dad until right. you, you know, why are you leaving? And so yeah. there's all these emotions, but I'd love to get some good advice from you as how we can do this better as moms <laughs> and not let, not be downcast about it because we should be celebrating. Well, yeah. I mean, part of it is we have to work on our own soul, cl- soul care because <laughs> yeah. let's face it, my mom has put all of their energy for right. two decades. You put all of your energy into your kids because you were needed day to day. And yeah. now that they move out or they you know move on or now that they're even married, you, now you're not needed day to day. And so you have to reinvent yourself. And one of the things that I often say is when your kids leave home and they um, ex- have new and fresh experiences, follow their lead. Mm-hmm. And so I think the moms that do well don't just, I mean, moms that are going to, you know, drink a, or eat a, you know, half a gallon of ice cream and, you know, mope and th- moms and dads, and we'll all do that. But eventually we've got to get out of that, use that quietness to kind of reestablish who we are. The fascinating thing is the average per the average mom is 48.9 years old when they go into the empty nest. And that's something that's really young, you know, mm. younger and it wasn't us. We were older. And and you know, that's not talking about the boomerang that comes because there is a boomerang, at least in our world. But you, you might spend more time in the empty nest than you did with those kids raising them from you know the zero to say 20. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But you might spend more time in the empty nest. So you've got to reinvent the ones who do well. They reboot, they reinvent, they they establish friendships. One woman said to me uh, last week on the Focus on the Family broadcast, I was talking to a woman afterwards and she said, I didn't know my best friends would be 50 and over. 
but you know, she formed friends. She got involved in her church. She got involved in activities, actually even in a political process more. And the the point of that is being that she was able to do things that she didn't do when the kids were there because she was so she was so tied into mm-hmm. both her job because she had a job, but also you know taking care of those kids that were a twenty four seven you know three sixty five right. job. Right, and you do have to set new goals, and you do have to see what the next chapter is, and let alone. Yeah. If you're married, then, you know, my husband and I, you know, we've got more time to do things together because then everything's rotating around the kids. So it is new opportunities. And I think that's how we have to look at it. Um, And then always, you know, waiting for the kids to come back and, you know, making that a priority. But, you know, it's it's a it's a new world. Yeah, it it is a new world. And it's a new world for those who are married. It's a it's a double whammy for a lot of the single moms, because what you see is they you know, lost their, their, their child. And really they have a different kind of a bond. It's, it's, it's not so different, but it is a different kind of bond because they were single. And then they also, a lot of times have to deal with that divorce or the death or whatever it might be. So it's kind of two whammies. It's huge losses that they've got to deal with. And that's why we need to build, you know, replenishing friendships and why we need to build upon, you know, things that are going to make us healthy. That doesn't mean that we don't have a relationship with the kids, but we have to, one of the things I say about, you know, adult, parent parents of adults is uh hey you're fired <laughs> as a day-to-day parent <laughs> so your role changes you're not you're still mom you're still right you know, dad, but your role changes and if you if you work through that role well on both both accounts you're it's still going to be great because you, you it's not like you're losing your kids you're just losing the day-to-day needs that happen in the younger years but the bottom line is you want them to become responsible adults and if yeah. you want them to become responsible adults you know, you've got to release them and that's not easy. Yeah. How do you prepare your heart? What can we do as moms better to, um, I guess, be prepared for this? And, you know, my, my, my girlfriend, my friends in my circle, we were kind of like, I was, I didn't realize this was going to be such a dagger through my heart. Like I kind of thought like I was going to be ready for this. So how do we prepare better? Cause that's what we want to do better as moms is. And, And that's why no matter what the age of the you know, moms who are who are listening or watching, you know, they've got to understand that, that they, just like they want their children to be preparing, preparing for adulthood, um, they've got to be preparing for, you know, releasing their kids. If they, if it comes as a surprise, it, it's much, much harder. And way too many people, they're not thinking about it. You're busy. You know, I mean, for us, I remember the day we dropped Heidi, she's our youngest, we dropped her mm-hmm. off at college. And, uh, and we had a couple of days at college, you know, going to right. Bed Bath and Bond and Target and all that. <laughs> and then we got in the car and, and Kathy said, I didn't take the time to think about this. And then for the next half hour, she didn't say a word. She's just looking out and I'm looking out. And finally, I see a tear rolling down her, her cheek. We'd gone through this already two times. And I said, you yeah. okay, baby? Goes, oh, this is tough. And then she didn't yeah. say anything. And finally I said, do you, do you want to stop? We're in California. Do you want to stop in Santa Barbara? We're coming through for, you know, for lunch. And she goes, no, I'm good. Let's just get home. And then we get home and it's so quiet. And what that meant, in her yeah. mind was I had, she's saying I had not prepared for what this was going to take place. Yeah. And so the more you can prepare, and also you said something really important for you, but it's important for everybody. You have a tribe of women who are kind of in the same world, mm-hmm. the same experience. You do that together with those people. You know, I was fortunate enough because I have, I've been a small group with men for uh, what, 21 years. We meet every Tuesday and they had already been through it. So they mm-hmm. kind of helped me negotiate it. Now, men do it differently than women. Nobody came and put their arms around me and gave me a hug. They basically said, you're going to have to get over this. And, you know, 
make make sure that you're working through with what Kathy's going to go through. And they and but they were great because they kind of told me what I was going to experience. I mm -hmm. think what you're doing is a great illustration. Unfortunately, way too many women and some men, maybe even more men, they do it alone. And yeah, it's it, it wasn't meant to do that. We've got to yeah. be able to do it with others. Yeah. And, it, and it was helpful because everyone's like, you'll get over it, you'll adjust, right. you'll get through it. But, you know, when you just talk about college, I just remember hugging them. My yeah. daughter, when she drove off to Florida, you know, a couple months ago, I just was like, are you serious? You're really leaving? Right. Like I was any moment in my heart. It was yeah. so weird. Yeah. I was hoping she would change her mind, but she was just focused on the future, you know, and, yeah. and my son was focused on going. To, and I kept thinking, hmm, but would I ever want them to change their mind or stop what God's calling them or get married? Of course not. But it, it was really, like you said, more of a reflection on us. And I think we just have to pray through it. We have to work through it. And we have to know that God's got big plans for them and for us. So yeah, um, we're changing do, our job description. And you know, you've, yeah. you've had something in mind for, for these two decades. And now your job description is different. And really, I think we take the lead in terms of living out that job description by giving our kids the passport to adulthood. Nobody said that was easy, but when yeah. we give them the, the passport to adulthood, that also means that we have to be careful with, you know, we, we've been giving advice for, for what, two decades. And now we have to learn that unsolicited advice is taken as criticism, even with good kids and with good parents. But, you know, I, I was shocked at that because I'm kind of like, wait, yeah. my kids don't want my advice. People pay me to give them advice <laughs> and, and you don't want my advice. I've been giving you advice for 20 years and now they're going... No. And what, what I learned about my own kids, and I think a lot of adult kids, is that they see us, if we're constantly giving advice still, as the fact that we don't trust them that their adults are all grown up, even mm. if they're not always acting like it, you know. And I think that's an interesting insight for us that part of our job description is to zip it. I'd show you the scars on my tongue from having to bite my tongue like a hundred times, but, um, you know, it's not pretty on, on YouTube. <laughs> so, Right. <laughs> I understand we do have to kind of, we're in a different, we're still parents, but our role has shifted, I guess, is is kind of yeah. what you're saying. So we have right. to understand that and we have to kind of figure out what's the best way to still offer advice, um, sure. but not let it become that we're being critical. Uh, and no, I was no, just- exactly. well, right. We're mentors now. We were we weren't mentors. I mean, we were mentors, but now our role is more caring and mentoring. And what I found in with my kids mm -hmm. is that as the years have gone on, that's really shifted in a neat way. You know, I mean, I was thinking about yesterday. I had two of my daughters ask me Valentine's Day type questions, um, and they're all of my kids are married, and and they're actually asking me some marriage stuff. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. Right. That didn't happen earlier. It's mm -hmm. now happening later because I think I've been better at keeping my mouth shut than I used to be. Well, the discussions have changed now, right? They've grown up. We're in a position where we have, you know, we've got some wisdom in our pocket and we want to share it too. So, you know, yeah. come children, come ask your parents. We want to help. <laughs> How do we reinvent? Uh, this is one of the things you talked about, reinventing yourselves as, as empty nesters. You kind of yeah. touched on it a little bit earlier, but what yeah. are some things that you would suggest for us uh, yeah. that are letting go? Yeah. Well, you know, I, there's a couple that I actually write about in the book who are my heroes on this. They actually took a trip and they were able to afford a two week driving trip um, up the coast of of California and on up to Washington and into Canada. I mean, it was a really neat, neat trip. But in that, they spent two weeks kind of talking about, well, what do we 
want to do book for us individually. And they actually set some goals. And everybody says that if you have, if you write down goals, and if you talk about goals with somebody, you're going to do better because you're now holding each other accountable. And so I asked them, what were your goals? And they weren't these like, oh, we're going to now move to another part of the country and we're going to do this. It was like, he wanted to join a gym. He'd been lacking and getting in shape. She had been in a Bible study because she was so busy with her kids that she was, you know, going to church and whatnot, but she joined a women's Bible study that just became awesome for them. Mm -hmm. um, they decided to redo their backyard together. She complained that she did more of the work than he yeah. did, but you know, yeah. there you go. But you know what happened? So you're, what you're seeing is, is some of the baby, th baby steps, if you will. Right. And I always say to people, um, don't fill it too quickly. You know, the empty nest, you're, you know, it's quiet, there's more time, and so what you want to do is actually slowly begin to build things that are healthy. And I challenge people actually to, to work on their own soul. You know, the soul is integrated every part of your life. And if your soul is not doing well, then there's chaos and there's conflict. And there's, you know, lots of things with your adult children, with, if you're married with your spouse, with all kinds of things. But if you, if you really work on your soul, you have more time to do that. Mm -hmm. So one of the phrases I love to say is that significance and a well-lived life is not accidental. So the point that I'm saying, Debbie, is that if we'll put our minds to it, we can right. kind of help create a new plan for our life, which definitely includes our kids. It's not like they're, I mean, yeah, they're going away. She moved to Florida, but it's not like you never see her or FaceTime or right. talk. Right. And with that, it's just you're reinventing even that new new way of doing life. But in the midst of that, what can you do to you know, take some positive steps in that direction? And I think that deals with your personal life. If you're married with your marriage, right. um, how you're going to relate to your kids, what you do with friendships um, and faith. And even, you know, you're, I find people in the empty nest a lot of times have more of a zeal for, you know, even some of the political world, you know, in right. terms of you know, now, hey, I've got some time here. So I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to, you know, do this or that. Everybody right. doesn't do that, but, but many do. And that gives them great meaning. And I, I think too, to your point is, you know, all of a sudden you didn't see opportunities because yeah. you weren't able to do them. But now you'll see opportunities that you yes. can take advantage of, whether you want to run for school board, or like you said, doing something, yeah. uh, serving in your community, right. um, maybe taking a, a position somewhere or yes. leading yeah. um, or, you know, and a lot of even a lot of um, moms, then they go and they help, their, you know, babysit, well, you know, and, yeah. and be that mentor as a grandparent. Yeah. So well, there really is right. a I world mean, of Kathy, opportunity. Yeah. I mean, Kathy, when grandkids came our way. She retired and I was surprised at that, but she said, I want to become a fully engaged grandma. She had the privilege to do that. Everybody can't oh, nice. do that. But right. you know, so the kids are at our house two or three times a week because of our daughter is a teacher and you know what, and Kathy's living the, you know, the dream. In fact, I was trying to get her to go to Hawaii. I'm speaking in Hawaii and I was trying to get her to go for longer. And she goes, well, somebody has to watch the grandkids. I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm losing, you know, I'm losing out here. But not pouting about it, because I love that. But, you know, moms are yeah. going back to school. I have a very special friend who just got her master's in clinical psych. Right. She's a lot of people are going back to school and getting their, their yeah. degrees. Exactly. School board, like you say, school board. This is the time for us to do some of those kinds of things and not just sit back and watch, you know, old Hallmark. I mean, great to see a Hallmark movie once in a while, but not spend your whole life doing that. But really get out there and, and make it difference even for and it's harder for introvert introverted moms um right but they can do that and once they do they sometimes become some of the most amazing you know people in whatever they're choosing to go to mm -hmm. uh, you got to do it Jump yeah I, I have to laugh when you said your wife was just loving the opportunity because yeah. we just love to nurture i mean we just love yeah. having those kids around us it's yeah. 
So how, whatever that balance is, you know, you don't want to be, um, have that take over your life, but yet yeah. serving your kids and being a mentor yeah. and influencer with your grandkids yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, what's cool about it too, is because we find that we can help our kids, especially on the grandparenting thing. Now that we're in that, I realize a yeah. lot of your kids aren't there yet, or, but um, for us, we can, we can say, okay, Christy and Steve, what night do you want for your date night? We want the kids. So what that's saying is, you know, we believe that, you know, people should give 1% of their time uh, per week to a date, um, whether they're the youngest, you know, married, like the age of your um, son or, you know, older. And so we're saying, we'll babysit. And they're like, awesome. So, yeah. you know, we babysit once a week on their date night. And, you know, I'll admit so there's nice. some ice cream being flopped at them and there's some sugar that more sugar than Christy would want probably. Hey, and you I don't can think do that anything more to. nutritious than, you know, cheese pizza, but <laughs> we're having a great time. You talk about the term finish well. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of what you're teasing with this. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, just challenge the moms on that. Well, one of the things I say in that book is, you know, in the second half, we win in the second half. Games are won in the second half. And so I think it's really important for us to say, what would it look like for us to finish well? And, you know, when you think about finishing well, we think about old people. But actually, I just gave a talk on marriage to a bunch of young people saying, how do you finish well in your marriage? Well, you start early. And part of it is life is frenetic in the first half. Life's crazy. It's busy. Kids, 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 you know, all this uh, activities. Right. Kind of just surviving. More, yeah. Yeah. In the second half, you actually have more time to focus on finishing well. And so, you know, what are you doing? Like I ask people, what are you doing to finish well with your physical health? You know, there's some things that people can tweak in the second half where maybe, you know, they can work on their physical health, their spiritual health. What can they do with uh, in their couple relationships with their children, with a lot of people who are in the in the empty nest are not only dealing with their adult children, but they're dealing with their parents who are ill and they're juggling that kind of a thing. And how how do you how do you, how do you make this work? People can make better decisions because you have more time. If not, we'll just fill it up with busyness and we'll do the same things we were doing. And then, you know, mumbling in the mall, you know, walking around the mall, looking for the greatest soft yogurt and mumbling. Why don't the kids call? You know, that kind of thing. That's a quote from City Slickers, by the way. But, <laughs> what would you say to maybe the moms that are just their hearts are heavy? Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're just having a rough time. Yeah. What would you say? Well, I think I, I think you we have to embrace that. C.S. Lewis said this, but he said, change always involves loss. And so mm. somehow we have to involve the fact that we, we have to deal with our sense of loss. It's a real thing. So right. as moms, you don't want to, I don't want to have somebody come to any mom or dad who's going through this and go, you know, just get over it, buck it up. It's not a big deal. No, it is a right. huge thing. So embrace that loss. But then Part of that process is, is what we've been talking about. If our hearts are heavy, what can we do to fill our hearts with life-giving and life-filling things? And the people that I interviewed when I was writing uh, this book, the, the people that I interviewed that were doing well, Debbie, they were the people who were who were literally kind of stepping out and doing something new. Um, they were, yes, as we said, reinventing themselves. They were reinventing some things in their marriage. They were, you know, is life perfect? No, but they were willing to not just you know, all of a sudden parent or do life by circumstance and chance, but actually, you know, really take that, you know, leap of faith and, and make some decisions. Those people, they were doing well. The people who just 
kind of yeah. let it happen or just stayed in their grief without getting help. I told a woman today, literally, that I would suggest she get a counselor or a, co or a coach and that she actually, you know, I, I said that a counselor or coach can help you because you've got so many wounds from, you know, what's been taking place in your life, for, even from her past, that okay. really let a counselor or coach kind of help you get to a new place, mm -hmm. a, a safer place, a more um, healthy place. And when that happens, um, well, that's a small amount of money or investment that you can take to, to have somebody right. help. You. We just do that. Right. Where and how do we get your book? Because I know moms are right now trying to write this down, figure out where to get this on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, well, they can go on Amazon, uh, Finding Joy in the Empty Nest. Also doing Life with Your Adult Children. That's one of the top books right now on Amazon. And um, those are Amazon. You can also go to homeword.com. And that's our website, homeword.com. Has books, resources. We have four values, uh, strong marriages, uh, Confident parents, that's where mm -hmm. this comes in. Nobody Amen. can be a total confident parent. Um, empowered kids and healthy leaders. And so all of our content and whatnot at Homeward uh, is at homeward.com. Lots of, we're the largest provider of parenting seminars in the United States. So lots of parenting seminars. Tonight I'm doing teaching your children healthy sexuality to young moms uh, and, wow. uh, and young dads. And, and so we do great stuff. Homeward's a great organization doing wonderful things. You can check us out and you can get those books anywhere. Well, I think we need to have you back uh, talking about that last subject because there's so much going on in today's culture and today's world so, that moms absolutely. are just trying to figure out how to do this yes. right and yep. how to do this with uh, with the Lord's help. Last comment, parenting, uh, you, the title of your last book that you said with uh, adult children. Oh, doing life with your adult child, keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out. They don't <laughs> need to read the book. That's the title. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best advice, huh? Absolutely. Well, <laughs> there's much more to it, but and it's more complicated than that. We find that there's nine principles in it. We find that people are are oftentimes dealing with the fact that their kids, they raise their kids in Christian homes, they raise their kids in the youth group, and they start violating their values. They even, you know, deal with the distinctions of different political, you know, uh, environment. And then also they they struggle with strayed faith. And we we deal with both mm -hmm. of those in there. Yeah. Yeah. Some tough, some tough situations yeah. too for parents. So again, they can get your books, your information on the website that you mentioned. Um, thank you for what you're doing. And thank you thanks for what you're for, doing. Thanks for helping us mamas out because this is a journey and we want to do the best that we can in every phase of life and yeah. still be the best mama, uh, even if our children are gone and married. Um, and then exactly. be the best, you know, here at, at your home. Yeah, um, with our husbands absolutely. and our friends. So. And, and mamas have to understand that even really good uh, parenting and good mamas have kids who sometimes make some silly choices. And, and they need to hear that today because sometimes we, we put too much blame on ourselves when it's our kids making some silly decisions. Yeah. Well, we keep praying and uh, keep hoping and keep believing and keep doing the best that we can. And books like yours and information like yours, yeah. um, a great resource. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank uh, you. We appreciate it. And thanks for coming okay. by. Okay. Good to be with you. Thanks. thanks. Well, thanks, Jim, for your great advice. Uh, and we're going to get this down, this whole empty nest syndrome. We'll, we'll keep trying here. All right. To the rest of the moms, I want to go ahead and remind you to visit our website at momsforamerica.us. Check out all of our amazing resources, programs, and events. And I also every week want to remind you to check out the cottage meetings. 
12 inspiring lessons that will help educate you about America's amazing heritage and the principles of liberty so you can teach them in your home and in your community and to your children. Uh, this program, along with many others on our website, will help you impact your family in a very powerful way. So go ahead, check out all of our information on momsforamerica.us. Also, when you stop by the website, would you sign up for our weekly newsletter? Um, this is how we communicate with you every week and get you information about issues uh, that help you in your journey through motherhood. So go ahead and sign up for our uh, newsletter as well. Also, if you have a topic, an idea, a guest, feedback, would you please uh, email me at podcast at momsforamerica.net. I would absolutely love to hear from you. We say this every week to you mamas and we mean it. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you mamas are the greatest influencers in your child's life and that you are the heartbeat of America and the heartbeat of your home. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. And I say this always, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. And I look forward to chatting with all of you next week, same time, same place, whenever you can join us. Uh, can't wait to talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.